T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It is coming up on 12.05 on the show here on KMOX. A.B. Marks, of course, Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler with you here. You can check us out in a number of ways. Uh, obviously, AM 1120, FM 98.7, which reaches further than you think and sounds absolutely amazing. So does the Odyssey app. Uh, and, of course, you can go to KMOX.com and stream live from there as well. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash KMOX 1120. We are streaming live there right now. Uh, am I leaving anything out? Oh, yeah, you can call us, 314-436-7900. You can text, and uh, we're going to get to a couple of texts here in a few minutes on some of the topics of the day. YouTube. Did I leave out YouTube? Watch us on YouTube. Is it, is it YouTube.com slash KMOX or something? Uh, it's KMOX 1120. KMOX 1120. We have so our own channel. On YouTube as well. So all kinds of ways to be a part of the show, and we're going to keep giving you more ways uh, to experience it or just, again, to con- contribute your thoughts to it as we move forward. But, again, you can text now if you want. 314-436-7900 because we're coming back to our lead story from the first hour which of course uh were the presentations made yesterday i say presentations that's a horrible way to say it but the 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 comments made yesterday at the white house by matthew mcconaughey and more and i think the and more part we played some of mcconaughey's thoughts earlier and i thought we'd want to take this time to come back to the teacher that we didn't talk about in that first hour, and his name is Arnulfo, Arnulfo Reyes. Um, he spoke a bit about kind of how this has impacted him. And, you know, he was in the room. All 11 of his students were killed. Um, and he he had some thoughts. And I want to start by playing his thoughts, and then obviously we'll follow up on that, and you're welcome to as well, at uh, 314-436-7900. I just remember Border Patrol saying, um, get up, get up, and I couldn't get up. Did you feel abandoned in that moment by police, by the people who are supposed to protect you? Absolutely. After everything, I get more angry because you have a bulletproof vest. I had nothing. I had nothing. You're supposed to protect and serve. There is no excuse for their actions, and I will never forgive them. I will never forgive them. How many students were in your classroom when the shooter came in? 11 students. So the shooter killed every single student in your classroom? Yes, ma'am. That's when I got you thinking, you know. This family lost one. This family lost one. I lost 11 that day. 
and I just went to my parents and said, I'm sorry. I tried my best. Of what I was told to do. We also heard um, on top of that, uh, we also heard from the girl who survived by putting her friend's blood on herself to make it look like she was already a victim. So this teacher was in the classroom, the second classroom that the gunman entered. There was the first classroom and it, they were connected, you know, by a double door or by a door in, in the middle. And so they heard what was going on in the first. They tried to take cover. The teacher was shot first and then all 11 children were killed. He said that he did what he was taught to do. You heard him there in that clip. And the protocol for them, for the teachers, was when the active shooter drill is happening, or when the active shooter is happening, tell all the kids to get under the table and pretend like they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're supposed to tell the kids to do. And he goes on to say, as they were doing that, and as I was gathering them under the table and told them to act like they were going to sleep, is about the time when I turned around and saw him standing there. Mm. And I, I like I I don't know about you guys, but I just I can't get past and I'm so far removed from being in school. I'm so far removed from being um in grade school. I I can't get past the idea that this that we have to teach kids to do this. That this is such a common occurrence, and and I know that the likelihood of it actually happening is very very small. Right, but right. it's enough. It's enough that we are having these drills that we're that we have a protocol in place to tell these kids that they have to be aware of the possibility this happens to them. And here's what you do: pretend like you're sleeping, which amounts to pretend like you're dead. And uh, like, how crazy are we? That we are allowing this to be a thing. That we have to do this. I can't, I can't get past that. It's well, we still have important people, like we talked about last hour. We have important people who, when the topic comes up, deflect it, and they come up with the most unbelievable, rid ridiculous analogies that are not even close to being accurate. Um, and you know, we we hear now that the, I'm sure that there's going to be somebody like, well, that teacher, if he had a gun, boy. But, nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I mean, all the things they have to worry about as it is. Yeah. And now you want to put that on them? Well, the shooter made it past armed guards. And as this teacher pointed out, the guards outside, the in, in, in law enforcement, the police officers, they had bulletproof vests. And they wouldn't they engage. They were armed and they would not engage for an hour and 15 minutes as you had children calling over and over again, calling 911. And I, I think, Ron, you had said earlier in the show, you know, how this time it, it gosh, we, we've had tragedies, but this feels different. It feels different. And I think it is the combination of our failure and the multiple levels of failure that we had regarding these kids that they, you know, the most basic duty we have is to protect our children. And the fact that it's, you know, we were arguing about guns again, the fact that you had law enforcement who wouldn't go in, in that moment. Again, I still think in, in some way 
they the law enforcement, the way they hesitated, the way they were arguing about what we should do or not do or misread the situation while kids were being slaughtered. That is illustrative of our bigger conversation here where we're busy arguing about guns. Those in, who have the power to do something while are people not are doing actually anything dying. while people are actually dying. And I want you to repeat, Amy, I know we're going to talk to uh, Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling next week, but I want you to repeat what he said to you about these very specific weapons that we're talking about. And again, 38 years for this man in the Army, weapons trained, I mean, yeah. combat tested. This is a commander of a, the European yeah. Army, yes, the I U.S. Mean, Army in, in Europe. Europe. And I thought what you said about his comments, and, yes. and um, we'll ask him about it next week, but what you said was stunning. So we were talking, uh, I, I was emailing with General Hartling, and then he went on Anderson Cooper 360, and that's where he made the comments about the AR-15. He said it is a weapon of war. It was designed for catastrophic damage to destroy tissue and destroy bodies. First at the point of entry, because the velocity of the rounds are 3,200 to 4,200 feet per second. It will enter an individual and cause an entry wound, and then it is designed to ricochet off of any bone or organ in the body. It is designed to tumble inside the body. He said it blows the human body apart first on the outside and then on the inside. It's designed to do that in combat. It's the reason why it's the weapon of choice for mass killings. It's easy to use. It has generally high-capacity magazines, and it's transported very easily. And he said any person, whether it's a you know congressman who says, well, I use my AR-15 for varmint killing. He use a he BB said, gun for that. He said, I question your common sense, and I question your your understanding of weaponry. He said that type of comment is an excuse that you want an AR-15. He said he finds it a bizarre argument. And then he listed the things that we can do, that you can still be pro-Second Amendment and be in favor of registering weapons, of putting limits on capacity, of banning ghost guns, and enforcing red flag laws. And again, that's a lieutenant general who served 38 years. Lieutenant right? General Mark That's Hartman. not some politician who has a quote-unquote agenda I mean, that is an experienced person that fully understands mm-hmm. firepower and firearms. And and by the way, huge part of all of that, too, is understanding the safety involved. Like when you're trained in, in mm-hmm. the military, it's not only how to fire them, but also how to safely handle them and understand what you're using and why you're using it. Because in the Army, you're there to kill. Now, I mean, if you're firing your weapon, there's there's a reason for it. You're in serious, severe danger. It's not for prairie dogs. You have to know it's how crazy. to use it before they give it to you. We continue on with the show here on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, of course, Kevin Wheeler with you here. We've mentioned you're welcome to join in uh, 314-436-7900. That is both the call-in line and it is also the text line. So uh, if you don't have time to set on hold, if you just want to send a message, we see them, we respond. When we get to them on the air, it's great. That's what we want. If we don't, a lot of times I like to respond you know, off the air just to, just to say hello and thank you for tuning in because we really do appreciate you. We had one text earlier, guys, that was on this topic. And it says changing the age will not help with this. Restrictions on guns will not help with this. Uh, will it help a little bit? 
The age, the age thing, I don't know. I mean, it, it might, it might not. I mean, if you move it from 18 to 21, certainly an 18-year-old mm-hmm. won't be able to get it in the legal way. They might be able to find an illegal way, but let's make them take that extra right. step. But I don't. I, I think he might have a point on the age. I mean, it because not. It's not like every shooter's 18 or 19. A lot of them have been 30, 35, 40 years 18, old. 18, yeah, 19, they're 20, like it, it, right, yeah. but not all of them. I mean, how old was the Buffalo shooter? Well, but I also think about like think how different how different you are. Okay. At, no, he was. Uh, I think he was 17. Yeah, or he was I young. Was gonna right? say he was young. He I was young. very, very yeah. young. Um, because I, th- I think. Don't you believe that when you were 18, you, when you were 21 years old, it's not like you are fully an adult. I mean, you are technically legally an adult, but there's a lot that you have yet to learn. But don't you think you're a lot different at 21 than you were 18 as a person? Well, you know, I think generally, but again, we're not talking about an average person with an average mentality no, toward the world. I mean, no, we're talking about people. But, there's, that, but maybe there's an opportunity in four years to grow up a little bit. I well, don't know. And, and, and maybe to, it doesn't make a difference, but to me, maybe it makes a little difference. Isn't that good enough? Well, and I feel like even the argument is not even so much about emotional maturity as it is, like Kevin said, an extra step. Because what they found is in these moments, so many criminals are, are opportunists, one, right? We saw the guy who bought the gun and went to the hospital two hours later. But an extra step, what we found with crime is sometimes... A, a minor inconvenience can they be lose momentum. as effective yeah. as an as an impenetrable wall. And in that moment, you may stop one person or two people. And maybe this kid gets therapy in the four years between 18 and 21. It would be There's the, always that possibility, again, it's, too. It's, it, it is a possibility, but not a guarantee no. that sure. it would make a huge difference. But again, nothing it, is. it doesn't hurt by doing it, right? I mean, we, we have all these other kinds of limitations. Jimmy called in. Uh, thanks for jumping in on the show, Jimmy. How you doing, man? How you doing, sir? Thank Good. you for taking my call and giving me an opportunity here. Uh, number one, I'm 73 years old. I'm a Vietnam vet, and I have some suggestions. I don't have a problem with raising the age to 21. I don't have a problem with a person at 18, if they're in the military, trained properly to be able to get a weapon. That'd be an exemption. The other thing is, is that if you're going to get a weapon, I got a weapon now. I carry. I got a refresher course before I got it. You should have to take a a course in how to handle a weapon and the respect of a weapon, just like a driver's license, even though people with driver's licenses run red lights, don't they? So there's a responsibility with this. We cannot get away our Second Amendment right. The reason for that right is we can't have government overthrow us. That's the reason you have a right to carry a have a weapon. However, there's a responsibility, 110%. There is mental illness and all that. You could go to PTSD, you know, uh, with post-traumatic stress syndrome with the vets. But that doesn't mean that they don't know how to carry a weapon. So those are the things that I think, and it's just my opinion, which we all got them, that there's got to be a responsibility factor. And a, if yeah. people don't respect it, they shouldn't have a weapon. It's as simple as that. There's a, there, life goes with the weapon. A weapon's designed to kill. That's it. I carry now because of all the crime that's going on. I never carried when I got out of Vietnam. Until four years ago, because I didn't, I'm not an outdoorsman, but that's okay. People that yeah. are outdoorsmen want to have a weapon. That's fine. But I think 
the bottom line is you do have a right to carry, but there's a responsibility with the son of a gun, period. Thank you, Jimmy. I mean, that meets well some said. really good points. I just want to say I, I hadn't heard this yet, but the raise the age to 21 or whatever it may be with it exemption for 18 year olds if you're in the military and have been trained. I mean, that's a nuanced serious conversation that's a way to move forward yeah 100 100 really really well done uh we've got amir on the line next up amir good to hear from you man all those times hearing you on dgs it's good to hear you on the show man thanks for calling oh i appreciate you guys taking my call and what a fantastic show you guys have and keep it going it's uh it's a pleasure to listen thank you man thanks so so uh, you know i'm i'm so conflicted about this as our whole nation should be I don't, you know, but what I see all too often is people picking sides as soon as tragedy like this occurs. People circle the wagons and start defending their positions instead of having an honest conversation in order to prevent or at least reduce these kind of instances. I mean, where else in the world does stuff like this happen at this high of a rate? You know, nowhere, nowhere. We do, <laughs> this is it. Oh, I mean, there's very few. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, you can bring up some of the uh, Sahel countries over in Africa where the whole class of school schoolgirls get kidnapped, but that's a war zone, okay? You have isolated incidents like the maniac in Norway. But with us, it's like almost every uh, other year. And I'm not even talking about our struggling communities in urban areas where this is a daily occurrence. And, and our fellow Americans lost will of life, lost, you know, all perspective and ambition. And all they know is, well, I'm born to die here. And, and this is ridiculous. This is not America that was promised to us, right? Yeah. And I think because we got lazy. We got lazy. What is the voter turnout on primaries? What is the voter turnout on uh, midterms? What is the voter turnout on general elections? It's abysmal. Yes. All these folks are talking about we need our weapons to fight back against government. I say no. You need your voter registration card, and you need to use it. And all these people that are saying, well, it's a constitutional right. Okay, I hear you. But constitutions get amended all the time, and it's just a matter of time. till so another massacre like this happens. Yeah. That the country as a whole is going to have enough of it, and they're going to call that constitution. What, what is the technical term when the states get together to amend constitution uh constitutional convention no <laughs> the main one. i don't know i i, I should know i mean I, I don't know but thank you man that's great again yeah. two really well thought out calls I think both veterans. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Mira's in law enforcement mm-hmm. and obviously served in the military as well. Two good perspectives there. And again, we, we're all like kind of acknowledging in this conversation, there may not be a, an answer, a single answer. There may not be a complete answer, but better is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I really think we need. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. And don't let, just because something's not going to completely eradicate this problem, don't say let's not do it at all. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Anytime you get a chance to improve, do it. Absolutely. All right, we got a lot more to do. We're going to talk Cardinals when we come back. A loss last night. We'll tell you about what's coming up tonight with our Redbird Report here on the show on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The pitch by Ueno. Albert is hit high and deep. A home run for Harrison Bader. Yadier Molina has over. Double play. It's a big fly for Albert Pujols. Not a home run in the first inning for Goldie. This is the Redbirds Report. All right, time to talk to baseball on your home for the Cardinals. KMOX Cardinals in Tampa Bay Rays. Coming up tonight, 6-10 for the first pitch, 5-15 for your pregame show. It's game two of the three-game set. And, of course, the Cardinals uh, lost last night in extra innings. It was a walk-off home run uh, off, the, on the bat, off the bat, I should say, of Taylor Walls, uh, the Rays shortstop last night. So want to mention a couple quick things. I mean, obviously, we, we enjoy your phone calls. That was great to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll do as many of those as we can moving forward, especially on hot topics. And, of course, that number is 314-436-7900. That is also the text line. So if you don't have time to call or wait on hold, you can you can easily text on that same number, or you can write down another number, which we will we will attach to the show's Twitter handle. Uh, that's at the show KMOX. But we're going to have a dedicated voicemail line where you call, you leave your message, and you're done. And then we play it later on. It's that simple. You don't no have to waiting. wait on hold. You yeah. don't have to do anything like that. Uh, that number is three one four nine four four eleven twenty. 314-944-1120 and we will add that to the information that's on the show's Twitter handle so you can have it all there simple and easy. There are so many ways to reach us. I can't decide if I'm comfortable with it or excited or not excited or worried. We might People be the, can tweet at us. Yeah. People can you know text us. Facebook watch Facebook us, us. YouTube us. They can watch us on YouTube. We might yeah. be the most reachable three best friends ever. Seems likely. Seems likely. Yeah, like I don't even like contacting my other friends. There oh, you go. We have other friends. Is, oh, great. Now Wheeler. Wheeler, Wheeler has, has other his... friends I in got the building. My high school friends, and you guys are my college friends, and that's, that's how right. it's going to go. Yeah. All right. So last night stunk. Not a yeah. fun. Not a fun ending. Okay. Random. Remember how you texted the ah yeah, text yeah, when yeah. you bit your tongue? It was. I'm pretty sure 30 or 45 seconds before the Cardinals lost the game. The next yeah, it was around that time because I, I was watching the game. Yeah. I stream the game, so it's always late. Uh-huh. I thought. I thought. Oh well, that's why he's texting. Oh, the Cardinals about the lost. Home run. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that. Yeah, that's you know. I, I was like, we'll wow, say he's really into this game. The uh, well, I usually am into games. Yes. Um, to me, the interesting the interesting thing that came out of last night was mm-hmm. the immediate reaction to be mad that Drew Verhagen was in the game in the 10th inning uh, in that scenario, which, again, I understand. But I think we have to look at the bigger picture, which is 
the bullpen's get been getting ripped apart when it comes to innings here the last two weeks. They just pitched a ton in Chicago. The bullpen had to carry had two extra inning games to close out that series. Um, Helsley and Gallegos both threw two innings on Sunday. And part of what they're doing, whether we like it or not, and I, I realize that a lot of people don't like it, part of what's happening here is they're trying to be careful so they don't burn right. guys out. And if you go to the same dudes, like Cabrera was not available last night. He threw four innings on Sunday. He right. threw four innings. He's not. He might not be available tonight. So you're, you're without him. And when you did, you you had already used Gallegos. You had already used Helsley. And you were going to be careful with them here because of the workload they had over the weekend. You have to be saving some guys for today because Packy Naughton's pitching, and he does not have the innings workload built up to where you're like, oh yeah, Packy's going to get a six or seven. It might be a three inning start. And then Palante might have to come in and throw three or four more innings. They're in a difficult spot right now in that regard. And I don't know that I would have gone to Verhagen, but I understand what led to it. And also, generally speaking, I I never, well, I shouldn't say never, but I very rarely get worked up about bullpen usage once you get to extras. Because once you're in extra innings, it's almost as if, you know, everything's out the window. Like, like you just kind of have you're playing for the potential of a long game here. And I know that I with the runner at second base that you're hoping the game ends quicker and you're not going to 14 or 15 or 16 innings or whatever. But if you've managed a game properly through nine innings of play in a tight ball game, which is what happened last night, once you get to the 10th inning, I can't get too upset because you are managing not just for that night. You're managing for tomorrow. And you're managing for the next day, and you're trying to make sure that your bullpen and your guys who have been yeah. used a lot are not getting overworked, so that by the time you get to September, they're not all dead. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. you have to be very conscious of that. And keep in mind too, the day game following today. So you're gonna you're very you're very likely gonna have a relatively short start from packing on today. I yeah. would say four five would be a lot. You know, if he gives you four innings, you're probably happy. Five would be amazing. I doubt six is even in the in the mix. Um, and that's all dependent upon his performance. If he's going well, maybe it gets pushed. But the point is, you have the risk of a three or four inning outing today, and then you have a twenty-four hour turn. Less, you have a twelve-hour turnaround. Like from the time this game ends, you're what 13, 14 hours from your next game. Right. All of that's going in, and it's not to defend anything. I don't know who else was down. I don't know if anybody else is dealing with anything. But I do know, like you said, when you get to ten. You're starting to scramble a little yeah, bit, especially it, when you've been burnt out. And you're right. Cabrera threw, what, 58 pitches like two days ago? Yeah. Two days. There's no way he's throwing last night. I think as soon night. as we see him is tomorrow. I think that's so. It, that's what's one of the things that's so unique about Major League Baseball. Just the frequency of the games and the duration of the season. When you're talking about using players, that factors into every decision that you make in a ways that it does not factor into other sports yeah. like the NFL or the NHL. So with that in mind, what was interesting are Paul Goldschmidt's comments after the game about the new rules regarding extra innings. He said, quote, it's just my opinion, but these rules are so much better. No one wants to go play 17 innings. Everyone would be tired and pitchers would have to be sent down even though they were pitching well. He's right. That's why they did this, because what what ended up happening was when you get, when, when teams would have a 15-inning game or a 16-inning game, you've burnt everybody out. So you'll send two guys down 
whoever has options, two guys are going down or you fake an injury with somebody to get yeah. on the injured list, which is what the Dodgers were doing there for a while. Yeah. Like your oh, shoulder wow. doesn't feel good. Yeah, what? Well, no, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, nope. Yeah. Your shoulder doesn't feel good. I yeah. said, so they wanted to avoid those kinds of roster manipulations. And they also want to avoid as much as possible. The whole position player pitching thing. Yeah. When a game is competitive, it's one thing if it's a, like we saw with, with Albert and Yachty, when it's a blowout. All right. It's fun. It's laugh, laugh, ha ha. You don't want that in a in the fifteenth inning of a tie game, like that's a pretty big problem. And with teams being as aggressive as they are with their pens, because the odds are the game is going to end in nine innings. The vast majority of games are over by the ninth inning. And then if you were going to cut it back down, the rest of them mostly would end in the tenth or the eleventh. They're not very many of those long like games. Thirteen, fourteen doesn't happen that much. And they're right? memorable. But they're not necessary. And right. look, the NFL has adjusted over the years, right? They don't have an, an a full-on overtime quarter. They play a shortened quarter in hockey. They don't play a full 20-minute period in overtime in the regular season. Yeah. And they won't do this in the in postseason playoffs, in baseball. Right. right. So the idea here is just to not put too much on the, the athletes. The same, it's, it's the same idea as football and hockey. And basketball is the only one they still kind of do normal, right? They just It's a shorter Quarter? Ooh, that rhymes. Uh, it's a shorter quarter, but they play just straight up, right? Don't they play 10 minutes or 8 minutes or something in the NBA overtime? I, that I don't remember. I'm not sure. I, I can't remember the last time we've seen an overtime playoff game. It, it well, may no, have the, even happened the, this year, but the, I don't well, remember in the, it. In the, in the NBA playoffs, it's just another quarter. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I I know there are a lot of people that despise the the ghost yeah, runner each rule. Each overtime in the NBA is five minutes. Okay. Hmm. I, I know there are a lot of people who despise that ghost runner rule. Yeah, like, yeah. I I don't care. I'm fine with it. It doesn't and I, I feel like the only people who complain about it are the people whose team just lost in an extra inning. Like <laughs> I hate this rule. Like, well, you both played by the same rule. So it's not as if one team got a runner at second and you didn't. I'm totally fine with it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And if it helps a pitching staff, if it helps your team stay healthier and pitching is hard enough to come by as it is, I'm more than okay with well, this. Well, I mean, if Paul Goldschmidt, who lost the game, right? right. I mean, they, his team, he's they thinking lost, big picture. And he's like, this is a great rule. Speaking of big picture, maybe we don't have time to get into it today. So tomorrow Jesus. or the next day. Tease it, Ronj. Derek Gould spoke to Manny Machado uh, the other day, and this was from a, this is a story from a couple of days ago regarding Albert Pujols, mm. who was in his final season. He's he's done playing baseball after this in an absolute surefire first ballot Hall of Fame career, and there just isn't a whole lot of fanfare around the country about it. And Machado, the the word he used, and I can't repeat it, but he basically said it's BS that people are not giving him the Jeter treatment, that he's not getting the uh, ovations at every ballpark it goes to. And as far as I know, teams aren't giving him gifts. Like, because every team was yeah. giving Derek Jeter a gift when he would come to visit. Like, they would, uh, you know, frame something. Like, here's a, yeah, rock, here's second a base. chair. Somebody gave yeah, him a rocking uh, chair. I think yeah. the White Sox did, actually. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't remember. I know they gave him, they definitely gave him something when I was there. But um, it's just, it's astounding that this guy who is very clearly one of the greatest players ever to play the entire game of baseball, not just in St. Louis, but ever. And he's not getting that farewell treatment around the country like he should be. Well, just personally, with a farewell treatment from Machado versus Jeter, do you see Machado as commensurate with Jeter's career then? No, we're talking talking about Albert. 
Al- oh, with Albert. Uh, Albert. I mean, with yeah, Machado was mad for Albert. Albert. Al- Albert. Yeah. If, we're, if we're going by offensive production, yes, and and honestly, the quality of your defense at the position you play, because Derek Jeter was not a good shortstop, and Albert, yeah, has been when when he was younger was an elite first base first baseman defensively. Pool's numbers blow Jeter's numbers it, out of the not water. even close. It's not close, is, and a lot of people think that celebrity there though. Do you think well, th- that's one some of, the, of it is the New York thing because yeah. Jeter is the face of the Yankees. The Yankees were a dynasty during that mm-hmm. time, and they won a bunch of World Series. And again, everything with the Yankees is bigger than it would be anywhere else. It just is. I think some of it might be because he's not a full time player anymore, and like Jeter was still an everyday player even in his last year. And I wonder if it's that or it's kind of the way the last few years have went. I I don't really know why, but I think it's a great question to ask. I think it's because, and it's unfair, but I think it's because his years in Anaheim were underwhelming. Yeah, And and because they were underwhelming, you just kind of forgot about it. Cheater never really had the long stretch of not doing anything. Of of not being, he wasn't like, yes, he didn't have that. He declined, but he was still an everyday player all the way through it all. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, that's our Redbird Report. A lot more to do on the show. It's Amy, Chris, and Kevin with you here on KMLX. All right, just a few minutes here, and Amy wanted to tell us the story about her dad not recognizing her. <laughs> so I, I've said I've had, I have face blindness. You know, I can walk into a restaurant and not recognize anybody. So I come by it honestly. People you know. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, like yeah. my family. Okay. Or is friends. this a real condition? It is. You can Google it. Wheels is gonna I'm go going Google to go Google it. Face yep. blindness. I think is you're a just not thing. paying close enough attention. No. So, my friends, if they're at a restaurant, they have to raise their arms. So, I was going on a walk last night, and my dad happened to be in the same area because of uh, some meetings. So, I was walking around. It's got around. a sciencey name, too. Oh, what's it called? Prosopagnosia. Oh, oh. I, I knew that. <laughs> Didn't he used to catch for the Cardinals? That's Tom Pagnozzi, <laughs> not the same. <laughs> Doofus. Tom's a nice guy, though. He is a nice guy. So anyway, I'm walking down the street, and it's a pretty wide street, right? Restaurants on one side and whatever on the other. And I see this group of men, and I know my dad is having meetings and going to dinner with work people. And in the middle of the group of men, I see my dad. I'm like, oh, oh. my gosh, my dad's you know in town here. And so I'm walking down the street, and I wave, thinking... Well, my dad's going to wave back, but he doesn't wave back. Hmm. So I wave again. Several other guys wave, but not the guy that I <laughs> like, think is, is my dad. Why is this lady waving That's at exactly us. what they're thinking. So now it's awkward. Do I keep waving? <laughs> and they're looking at me, and we're across the street. So I stop, and they stop. Then I take two steps, and they take two steps, and I wave again. The guy who I think is my dad doesn't wave. Now I realize I don't think that's my dad. I don't think these I don't know who this group of men is. <laughs> I'm just now waving how, how far away? They were, so if anyone knows Forsyth in downtown Clayton, it's pretty wide. Yeah. 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 It was Forsyth. Just right they, across the street. Yep. Okay. I was at Posteria. They were walking by the fireplace. Fireplace, firehouse. The firefighter. They got a fireplace right there yeah. on the street. Huh? Anyway, so finally I yell, Dave, Dave, because now we're all awkwardly staring name. at each other. It is my dad's name. And then he recognizes me and he stops. We walk across the street. We say hi. But the thing is, in those moments when my dad was not waving back and I expected him to wave back, I realized, I don't know these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was waving to a strange group of men, like accosting them from across the street. And they're probably thinking, what does this woman want? 
<laughs> what is she doing? I really wish there was a camera that, or like a camera crew it that followed you around. Like awkward. a GoPro. At, yeah. at, well, at all times, oh. because you always have some kind of experience. Yeah. Like you manage to have all kinds of weird little things. Like I was just out yeah. uh, 50 feet from my dad and looked at him and couldn't tell if it was him okay. or not. So here's another thing, because face blindness, I was running and there was a, this was years ago. There was this person that we used to run with, and we nicknamed him Sexy Rexy because... Because his name is Rex. Well, for whatever reason, it reason was actually we named Tom. him Sexy Rexy. We're <laughs> <laughs> just not very good with nicknames. Ackerman? So, no, well, it be. wasn't. No, this was years ago. So I'm running down the street. I see Sexy Rexy. I'm like, hey, Sexy Rexy, looking sexy. And he looks at me, and I realize that's not Sexy Rexy. I don't <laughs> know. This guy <laughs> thought you were hitting on him. He's, yes, he's he like, did. hey, this is my lucky day. Yeah, it was not him. And then I was just like, ugh, and I just kept running. You know how you ball players uh, butt tap each other? You butt tap your friends like, hey, good game, you know, that kind of thing. You know how you do that? Yeah, I don't think I've ever called it that. Well, whatever. Uh, That's a... <laughs> I got to finish this. You are trying to get me fired, dude. No, you know, you did a little, hey, good game. You give one of those. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I... Yeah. So I'm at an establishment one time, and I see my buddy, and I'm walking out to the patio. His back's toward me, and I give him one of those, and I go outside, and uh, I see the guy that I thought that I just... (laughs) So he thought it was his lucky day, too. And I turned around. I'm like, oh, my God, that's not Bill. (laughs) Wearing the same hat, same cargo shorts, and T-shirt. Oh, my God. Smacked a random dude's butt. That's Chris Ranji. That's Amy Marks Scores. I'm Kevin Wheeler. This is the show on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.